0: Who is the devil and where did he come from? Does he have any power? If he does, where does he get it from? What are the wiles and schemes of the devil that the Bible keeps talking about? How much attention should we be giving the devil? If the devil is defeated, can't we just ignore him? In this series, we're going to the Word to find the answers to these very common questions and more. Hello and welcome to Faith Talks. I'm your host, Emily Preston, and in these podcasts, we will be discussing how to practically apply the principles found in the Word, or how to be a doer of the Word, so that you can start seeing more of the manifestation of God's grace in every area of your life. Everybody, and welcome back to Faith Talks, where we learn how to walk by faith through grace. Today is part six of my teaching, Know Thy Adversary. And in this series of teachings, we are exposing our enemy. We're exposing the devil. We're exposing his lies, his suggestions, his tactics, his schemes, and his strategies. Because if we are fully aware of how our enemy operates, then we can be fully prepared to meet him when he attempts to steal, kill, or destroy in any area. Of our lives. And so we have to remind ourselves that just because the war is won, just because Jesus obtained the victory over the devil for us, we are still in his territory. As long as we live on this earth, we are still living in the territory of the enemy and the enemy is still our enemy. But praise God, he's given us all of the information that we need to be fully prepared and weaponized against the enemy and know his tactics so that we can resist him every time he comes against us successfully. So over the last few weeks, we've been talking about open doors things that give place or opportunity to the devil. As I said last week, it's not so much that we give the devil an open door as we cooperate with him. So we're talking about things that we can do that cooperate with the devil and his plan for our lives, which is to steal, kill and destroy. And I just actually need to put a little caveat on what I'm speaking about what I'm teaching is not law based performance, okay? So it's not if we do good, we get good, if we do bad, we get bad. This is nothing to do with the law versus grace. Receiving the things that God has given us by his grace is not based on our performance. It's not based on whether we do everything good, we say everything right, you know, we never have a bad attitude about anything. God's already given us everything that we need for life and godliness, and it's not based on our performance. It's a free gift that he gave us through his grace and nothing that we can do or say can earn what He's given us. However, there are still things that we can give place to in our lives that give the enemy opportunity. Okay. So it's nothing to do with receiving what God's given us by his grace, but we give the enemy place. We give the enemy opportunity when we don't abide by the spiritual laws that God has set in place on the earth. So last week we talked about how there are two laws in operation here on the earth. There is the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus and there is the law of sin and death. Okay, And the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. So before Jesus went to the cross and conquered sin and death and set in place the law of the spirit of life, the law of sin and death reigned supreme in the earth. The law of sin and death was what every human person on the earth came under unless they performed a certain way, unless they did and said everything right according to the law of God, the law of Moses, then they would escape the effects of the law of sin and death. But now we have been freed from that law of sin and death through a law that supersedes that law, which is the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. Okay, let me talk a little bit more about that. So as we mentioned, a law is a principle that works all the time, every time, provided that the principles of the law are followed. Okay, so we talked about gravity and how gravity is a law. Gravity is a natural law that what goes up, must come down. Okay, so that's a law that is in place in this earth that works all the time, every time. However, there are laws that supersede the law of gravity. For example, the law of aerodynamics. Which is how aeroplanes weighing many tons are able to take off and fly in the air without plummeting back to the ground. Okay, so the law of aerodynamics will supersede the law of gravity. And the law of aerodynamics are thrust, drag, weight, and lift. And if the principles of that law are put in place, that law will supersede the law of gravity, provided those principles are abided by and applied. The law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus has made us free, or in other words, it enables us to supersede the law of sin and death, but we have to abide by And apply the principles of the law of the spirit of life in order for it to work effectively. Okay, so just like the law of aerodynamics, lift, thrust, drag, and weight have to be applied in order to supersede the law of gravity. The principles of the law of the spirit of life also have to be applied in order to supersede the law of sin and death. Okay, so I hope that's clear for everybody. And the word of God shows us that negative emotions, such as unresolved anger, unforgiveness, strife, offense, envying, jealousy, hatred, malice, slander, lying, corrupt communication, complaining, cursing, and gossiping, they all expose us to the law of sin and death and give the devil opportunity power and occasion for acting. The devil's sole desire is to see our lives in rack and ruin and when we give place to negative emotions, we are unknowingly cooperating with him and unknowingly activating the law of sin and death against ourselves. It's actually a well-known fact proved by medical science that negative emotions cause our bodies to malfunction. And in my study for this series of teachings, I looked up a lot of articles online of studies that have been done that correlate the link between negative emotions and health issues. In an article I read that was published by the National Library of Medicine, it said that anxiety is directly linked to coronary heart disease and depression is directly linked to death caused by myocardial infarctions or heart attacks. Anxiety is directly linked to coronary heart disease and depression is directly linked to death caused by heart attacks. And I found that so fascinating because it says in Luke 21 verse 26, and this passage describes all of the signs of the end times, it says that men's hearts will fail them from the fear and anxiety over what is coming on the earth. Isn't that amazing? So men's hearts will fail them. God predicted that men's hearts will fail them from the fear and anxiety over what is coming on the earth. And here, an article published by a secular organization concludes that anxiety and depression is directly linked to heart attacks and death. And I read another article from the International Journal of Psychotherapy Practice and Research on the consequences of repression of emotion, mental health, physical health, and general well-being. Repression of emotions simply means the suppression of a feeling. And their findings were that cardiac problems, dermatological problems such as psoriasis, dermatitis, and eczema, fatigue, obesity, thyroid dysfunction, digestive problems, neurological problems such as headaches, dizziness, infertility, sexual dysfunction, visual blurring and blindness and respiratory problems are all linked to the suppression of negative emotions. It also mentions that unresolved grief causes the immune system function to be reduced and inflammatory responses are increased, which can lead to arthritis, autoimmune disease, hepatitis, allergies and asthma. I actually have a friend of mine who lost a child when he was a baby. And 15 years later, she now suffers from type 1 diabetes. And she says it's directly linked to the grief and the trauma that she experienced as the result of the loss of her baby. Another study I read mentions that negative thought patterns, such as cynicism, which is distrust of people and their motives, blaming, or thinking that other people are responsible for your challenges, jumping to conclusions or assuming something bad is going to happen because of present circumstances, catastrophizing, which is the belief that disaster is inevitable, filtering or only noticing or seeing the bad in people, situations or events, and hostility or distrust of others, unwillingness to see the good in a person or situation, are all directly linked to headaches, chest pain, fatigue, stomach upsets, anxiety, sleep deprivation and depression. And if left untreated, these chronic conditions will all lead to more serious acute conditions. How much are we seeing these negative thought patterns these days? People not trusting people, people thinking there's a conspiracy behind everything, people jumping to conclusions that there's a hidden agenda behind everything. And there may be, I'm not saying that all these thoughts that people are having are necessarily ungrounded. But it's the thought patterns themselves that are leading to these serious health problems. The thought patterns is what is leading to these serious health problems. My sister actually suffered from two miscarriages between her third and her fourth baby. And she's a faith person and she believes in God's word and she stands on God's word. And she asked God to show her why she was miscarrying these babies after successfully having three other children with no complications. And God showed her that it was because of the intense trauma that she was holding on to over the breakdown of a friendship. And she was holding on to a lot of hurt and grief and unresolved emotions from that breakdown of that friendship. And her body malfunctioned. Her body could not carry those babies successfully because of the negative thought patterns that she was giving place to. I myself went through a very traumatic emotional situation several years ago involving the breakdown of some relationships and betrayal and very intense hurt. And very shortly after I went through all of that, I broke out in a very severe case of shingles. And if you've ever had shingles, (laughs) you never want them again, ever. But it was directly linked to the intense negative emotions that I was experiencing as a result of that relationship breakdown. I read some articles and studies from Johns Hopkins and the Mayo Clinic, and in their findings, they said that unforgiveness weakens the immune system, leads to depression, leads to poor mental health, increases blood pressure and cholesterol, which leads to acute and chronic health problems, And unforgiveness caused me to miscarry my third baby at 24 weeks. And actually, there's a whole testimony around her story, if it interests you in listening to that. God had repeatedly warned me to let go of bitterness and unforgiveness that I was holding on to. Okay, he had repeatedly warned me to let go of it, but I didn't. I Well, I tried, but I didn't. (laughs) And my body just couldn't cope with it. And my body miscarried my baby at 24 weeks. And see, I don't believe the devil made my body miscarry. He didn't get into my body and, you know, start ripping out all the things and pushing my baby out. But I was cooperating with him by holding on to unforgiveness. I was exposing myself to the law of sin and death, and I was cooperating with his plans to rob my baby's life and rob from my life because I refused to let go of these negative emotions. In 2 Corinthians 2 verse 10, it says, When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive what needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit, in order that Satan might not outwit or outsmart us. For we are familiar, we are aware of his schemes, his thoughts and his devices." Okay, so this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church and he's saying that forgiving that person that he's talking about was preventing Satan from outwitting them. So forgiving that person was directly preventing Satan from outwitting them or outsmarting them. And it goes on to say, for we are not unaware of his schemes. They were aware of his thoughts. They were aware of his devices. They were aware of the lies and suggestions that he was giving them about that person. So they forgave him in order to neutralize everything that the enemy was trying to do to them through unforgiveness. I've actually got a podcast series called How to Forgive, and it's episodes 22 to 25. If this is an area that you need to address in your life, then I I encourage you to go and listen to that series, and I'm actually going to talk more about that at the end of this series as well. But God designed our bodies to operate and function perfectly. He didn't create a malfunctioning, misfiring body for us. He created us to function perfectly with a perfect immune system and where the body repaired and regenerated itself. But when we don't deal with negative emotions and behavior like offense, unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, pride, lying, and even prolonged grief and sorrow, we are turning our own body against itself. And we are activating the law of sin and death, which is destructive to our bodies. So it isn't necessarily that we've given the devil an open door, but we have cooperated with him because we are linking arms with him in his plans to steal, kill and destroy in our lives. And notice that all of these negative emotions are the result of thoughts. They are the result of thoughts. Thoughts that we are thinking about people or situations. Unforgiveness is the result of holding on to negative thoughts about a person. Prolonged anger, malice, envy, jealousy, strife, complaining, bitterness, and pride are all the result of negative thoughts about a person, people, or a situation. And it could be our spouse. It could be our children. It could be our family, our friends, our co-workers, our boss, our pastors. It could be people in our church Or it could even just be people we encounter when we're out and about. It can be politicians and people in our government. It can be public figures. It can be any kind of people. We can feel these negative emotions toward a multitude of people. Wherever we encounter or have dealings with people, we have opportunity to have negative thoughts about them. Actually, we don't even have to know them or meet them. We can just see something on social media by some stranger that we never have even met met and we don't like their opinion on something and so we harbor this negative emotion towards them and it's dangerous guys it's detrimental and it's destructive to our bodies and to our circumstances but they all start with thoughts all of these emotions that we feel towards people all stem from a thought So can you see how the enemy gets access to us? He's the author of those thoughts. The devil is the author of those thoughts. They're not your thoughts. They are from the devil. And a situation may happen where you get hurt by someone. It could be on purpose or it could be not on purpose. A situation might happen and immediately the devil will get in your ear and he'll say, how dare they treat me like that? How could they treat me like that? Who do they think they are? How dare they? How dare they say that? How dare they do that? It could be a multitude of things. And his thoughts will sound like your thoughts. You'll think they're your thoughts because it'll be in the first person. How could they treat me like that? How dare they treat me like that? But they're not your thoughts because you are made in the image of God, and God doesn't say those things about people, and He doesn't say those things about you. And the devil will say things like, Nobody wants to be friends with me. That person didn't smile at me. They mustn't like me. They think I'm weird. And see, guys, people may have intentionally or unintentionally hurt us, but the devil doesn't care. He will still use that situation as an opportunity to plant his thoughts to see if we'll give place to negative emotions because he knows that those negative emotions will give him place they'll give him opportunity, they'll give him occasion for acting, and that's exactly what he wants. He can't do anything in this earth. He can't do anything in our lives without a person cooperating with him. He needs us to give him place. He wants to lead our lives down the road to destruction. He wants to activate the law of sin and death against us. He wants our bodies to malfunction and implode on themselves because his sole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, but he can't do it without our cooperation. He can't do it without our cooperation. So he'll whisper his thoughts and suggestions to us about people, about situations and the way we've been treated or what's been said or what's been done to see if we'll take the bait. Will they take the bait? Please take the bait. Please listen to what I'm telling you because I need you to cooperate with me. And if we never entertained a negative thought about a person or situation, we would never have a negative emotion about them. Our bodies would carry on functioning the way God intended them to function in perfect balance all the parts working together in harmony because we are abiding by the principles of the law of the spirit of life. We are applying that lift and thrust that enables us to supersede the law of sin and death. And guys, I'm not saying that negative thoughts about a person will never enter your mind, (laughs) but it's what we do with those thoughts that makes the difference. I'm constantly telling my children. We can't control how people treat us, but we can control how we react and respond to how they treat us. We can't control how people treat us, either the actual way they treat us or the perceived way they treat us. The enemy can get in other people's ears and influence their behavior toward us Or he can just get in our ears and affect how we think about their behavior toward us. Either way, he's dangling the bait of offense, dangling the bait of strife, dangling the bait of anger, envy, complaining, and all of those things in front of us, dangling those thoughts in front of us, hoping that we'll take them because if we do, we are cooperating with him. And again, it all starts with thoughts. It all starts with a thought because the only access the enemy has to us is through our thoughts. His thoughts are his wiles, his strategies, and his schemes. And later we're going to talk about how to deal with those thoughts about people and do something about them before they have a chance to mess with our lives. So I'm going to give you the how-to further on in the series. So negative emotions – open the door to the enemy. They give him opportunity and occasion for acting. And when we give place to negative emotions, we are cooperating with the devil. We are stepping into his territory and exposing ourselves to the law of sin and death. Okay, that's all we have time for today. Next week, we're going to talk about some other things that we can do to cooperate with the devil. So guys, I know that you are going to learn so much from this series and from what we're talking about. And again, I'm not trying to sound all negative and doom and gloom. What I'm teaching you is going to equip you to never give opportunity to the devil ever again. I am fully persuaded. I am fully persuaded that we never have to have a health problem or a challenge or a disaster or a tragedy in our lives if we do not give the enemy place. Because if he has no place in our lives, then there is nothing that can steal, kill or destroy from us. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about that further down the road too, because that sounds like something that's too good to be true. But you know what? The gospel is the too good to be true news. So if it sounds too good to be true, then it's the gospel. (laughs) All right, guys, so bless you heaps and I'll catch you next week on Faith Talks. Thank you so much for being part of today's episode of Faith Talks. If you have any questions related to today's or any of my previous episodes, if you have a testimony you would like to share, or for a free copy of Confessions for Life, please email me at questions at faithtalks.com.au. For episode announcements and regular encouragement, you can now find Faith Talks with Emily Preston on Facebook and Instagram. Finally, if you know anyone who would benefit from today's or any of my previous teachings, please share this podcast with them and help them receive revelation of the truth that will make them free. Until next time, know that I am praying for you and don't forget to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And you will be blessed in everything that you do. God bless you.